Gang, for over a year now, I've been talking about True Hemp Science Full Spectrum CBD oils and how they've reduced my anxiety and helped me get better sleep without waking up feeling foggy and confused. I've also talked about the Full Spectrum CBD bombs that relieved my hand pain last year and made playing piano and guitar much easier. Well, gang, today I'm going to tell you about True Hemp Science organic gummies made with full spectrum hemp oil that are available now. They come in two different gauges. There are five, uh, 50 milligram ones that have 50 milligrams of CBD and 1.5 milligrams of THC. Then there are ones that are 100 milligrams of CBD and 5 milligrams of THC. Absolutely delicious uh, lemon lime slash orange flavors and also watermelon black cherry flavors. Super, super delicious. Now, now, they also have a complete line of full-spectrum CBD products, including oils, tinctures, skincare lotions, sports rubs, chocolates, gummies, all kinds of stuff. Well, gang, How Did I Get Here has teamed up with True Hemp Science to bring you a very special offer that benefits all of us. Spend $100 or more at TrueHempScience.com and you will get a free gift. Just enter the code HDIGH at checkout. There's a little code place there for you to enter it. H-D-I-G-H and you will get a free gift with purchase. That's right. Go to TrueHempScience.com and balance your body and mind with True Hemp Science. Let's get down. What are they saying on How Did I Get Here? When I met Seal, he was in, he was in the cracks. He, was, he just came off the heels of having that hit with a damn ski. We just stood off to the side and watched the puppets, okay. you know, mime to our, our playing, okay. right, and sing. I'm a fucking crazy bitch. I drink like a poor person. Uh, it, it was anarchy. She goes, I very much enjoyed your program, but tell me, can you play that song, Redneck Mother? <laughs> and I kind of, like, I always, like, flourish in awkward situations. So I've and somewhat enjoyed all of this. <laughs> yeah. And if everybody wants to get on the whole Bible thing, it's like, hey, go read it. It was never a big deal here to be a girl. He, he was a special, special being, for sure. Because I'm the first female Hispanic to make it on the country billboard charts. Really? It's just kind of trying to not be afraid to be out there anymore. Then they'd move all the furniture and fire up the hi-fi with Ray Price and drink and party and dance in the living room all night on the weekends. Sometimes I wonder, I'm like, where is this going? Whatever, just keep going, you'll find out later. I was banned from going to shows when I was like young, younger because my parents hate rock and roll. And then I had, you know, really intense anxiety, just general anxiety. It's so intelligent. It's like the best music history and just music lesson you'll ever get in your life. That's How Did I Get Here with me, Johnny Gowdy. Available wherever it is you stream or download your podcasts. Let's get down. You gotta open the vault. Open my vault? Open your vault. Once I open the vault, it ceases to be a vault. You have no choice. I the vault. Hello, I'm Johnny. I'm your host. Welcome to another episode of How Did I Get Here from the Vault, where we reach back into our vault of well over a thousand episodes, pull one out, shine it up, and re-release it just in case you missed it or in case you want to hear it again. Gang, today I have an amazing show for you. Today we go back to episode 1,213 from October of 2022 with 
Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee and founding member of legendary band Credence Clearwater Revival, Doug Cosmo Clifford. It was an amazing conversation. At the time, he was out promoting the documentary Traveling Band, Creedence Clearwater Water Revival at the Royal Albert Hall, which you can find on Netflix. And also, he had been releasing a bunch of records from his vault called Cosmos Vault. And he, was re- he had just released an album called California Gold that originally came out in 1978. Features uh, vocalist Bobby Whitlock from Derek and the Dominoes on it. It's amazing. You can still find it wherever it is you stream and download music. It's also available on vinyl, 180-gram vinyl, which, by the way, After we had this conversation, he sent it to me. He called me a few times to check in just to see how I was doing. He's a really, really, really sweet man. I was sad that this one had to be done over Zoom. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, my God, you want to be in the same room with guys like this. You know, you know what I mean? But it was great either way. It was always great to hear from him. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll text him on Christmas and wish him a Merry Christmas. Anyway, we have a great conversation about Creedence Clearwater Revival, about that documentary that was coming out, about uh, playing Woodstock, about all of that stuff, and also about Cosmos Vault and about California Gold and about recording in his own studio. And how, like, I was fascinated Like when I saw that documentary about Creedence Clearwater Revival and I did all of the research to talk to to Doug, I was blown away that that whole Creedence thing took place in just three years. All of that music from Creedence Clearwater Revival is just from a three-year period. They were so amazingly prolific. They did so much in such a short period of time. That's just like since the pandemic. Imagine that the entire Creedence Clearwater Revival career happened between pandemic and now. Isn't that insane? Anyway, what a great conversation I have with this legend. And I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful time listening to this conversation. Wonderful dude. Very cool guy. He produced a Doug Psalm record. I forgot all about that. That was really good. Uh, And his first solo album, Cosmo, which was a very popular album. A great conversation. Doug Cosmo Clifford. Enjoy it. This is me and Doug Cosmo Clifford. How did I get here from the vault? to get to talk to you man just another drummer (laughs) yeah just another drummer but you know all you guys all you guys bring the magic to the like no band would be itself you know i want to say real quick uh this this album uh california gold that you did with bobby woodlock which is uh is 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 out now and people can go listen to it fantastic record yeah it's out yes it is i was gonna say uh the drums sound phenomenal on it Oh, thank you. Yeah, those is that pre '80s recording? Is that pre Gated Reverb? That's uh, 1978. Oh yeah, great time. Yeah, great they time. Was, they they don't make them like they used to. No, sir. No, sir. Uh, let me. Did you who like who? You guys produced that record, right? Or you produced that record? Yeah, I produced it. Okay, it, where did you do that? In your studio? 
Well, uh, we we rehearsed it in Cosmos Factory, and uh, we recorded a little bit of it uh, uh, in in Cosmos Factory. But then we 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 used the church over in Marin County for a session. We uh, used Fantasy Records uh, uh, recording studio, so we we bounced around. Yeah. And it, and uh, I wanted to try and have it uh, sound as if it was one one uh, one session. Uh, and you definitely got that. To, yeah, well, you learn you learn how to make records, you know. Yeah, <laughs> the tricks of the trip. You know, that's funny because I don't want to jump right into this, but I was looking at that Credence Clearwater Revival thing and I didn't, I, I had never done the, the, looked at the numbers and the math in my head that you guys did seven records and essentially put out seven records in three years, right? Yeah, yeah. Jesus three, Christ, uh, man. <laughs> well, you know, that was what, what was uh, uh, handed down and that was the blueprint and you know, we we uh, we stuck with it and uh, uh, straight and sober. And that's a way to make music for for uh, for us anyway. Uh, and we got high on the music, and uh, we're able to have our wits about us to stay uh, uh, abreast of the the hectic pace. Yeah, yeah. And we also toured behind those records too. So there's cutting the, the pie into smaller slices as far as time uh, that we had to do all of, all of it. Dude, that's what I was thinking today. Like, uh, I was listening to this record and I was, I was just kind of like reflecting, like walking around the lake. I live in Austin, by the way. Okay. Where are you? I have a, I, I, I'm in Reno, Nevada. Oh, cool. Right now. But but uh, I'm in the pine forest. I'm I'm uh, I have I have to I have bears in my yard when I, when it's garbage <laughs> day. We we had deer in our yard yesterday, so I'm up at six thousand foot elevation. Wow! So uh, I, uh, on 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 paper uh, it says I'm in Reno, Nevada, but I'm uh, you know that's that's that way and. Uh, not anywhere near the environment that I live in. Then I have a, a winter home in Scottsdale, Arizona, because uh, I don't like the snow. And uh, so I spend four months there. So I, 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 I've got a nice little setup of environments, if you will, yeah. to, uh, to have a, a, a warm uh, type of environment to, to uh, do my thing in. Yeah. I think we have uh, some some friends in common from your uh, uh, Credence Clearwater Revisited days. Uh, Wayne Nagel is a oh, guy yeah, I've known since best. I was a kid. Yeah, the best. And and Ryan Krebs. Yeah, Krebs wasn't there the, the, as long as Wayne was. Wayne, no, no, Wayne no. Is, is, we couldn't have done it without Wayne. Let me just tell you that. That's really, uh, yeah. He's the best, yeah. and I just talked to him uh, a couple of days ago, checking on him. Uh, you've had some inclement weather back there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's good. It, we're safe now, but uh, this whole climate change thing is blowing my mind. But I don't want to get into that. I want to keep on talking about what I was thinking about was that in those in those uh, three years, you were touring the whole time. Did you guys tour the whole world? 
or no um, we we try toured the uh, us of a and then uh, in uh, 1970 we went to europe and did a tour of europe and that's where the the uh, the, the record uh, the other record the credence record is uh uh, is, was recorded at Royal Albert Hall. Oh, right, uh, the, right. The home, the home of the Beatles, and that's coming out on the nineteenth, I believe, and it will be shown on Netflix. Uh, so check your net Netflix uh, uh, calendar, and uh, it's a really good uh, uh, documentary, uh, and it's the only video that Credence uh, has, and uh, I'm I'm really proud of it. Uh, we get to play the whole show from Royal Albert Hall, and that was really cool because some of the Beatles were there, and we were there to, to, to dethrone them. Uh, you know, that's no easy task, but they did most of the work. They were on their way out. Yeah. Uh, and and we, we were uh, on our way in, so we were number one in the world uh, when we left that tour. God, man. What was that? How did you, uh, how old were you when that was going on? Uh, I miss that. How old were you when that was happening? Like, how old were you in 1968? Yeah, I had my 24th birthday on that tour. So, just just turned 24. How did you, how did you handle that? Like, as a person, like, did you... Did you mentally go well, off the rails or any kind of thing like that? Did you implode? Did you freak out in any way, or did you just just go with it? No, I just went with it. Uh, I think we all did. Work was was you know, and that was uh, a credit to us, really. No, no drugs or alcohol related to work. Work was uh, straight and sober, and the drug was rock and roll music. And uh, that's how we did it. Uh, we couldn't have done it otherwise. I'm sure of it. Uh, the hectic pace and and the discipline. And then I would I would uh, do uh, take a little uh, cassette player and put it on the floor of the, the rehearsal space. And then uh, if there were songs that I uh, that needed work or whatever, they I guess they would all need work if if uh, I was taking the notes. Then I would take that home after work in the factory and take that and put it on a one track of my four track machine. And I would try different, different, uh, whatever I was working on breaks for a song, uh, uh, tempos, uh, whatever I would work on those at, at home. And I had three tracks to, to, uh, to, to work with. Uh, and, uh, uh, for example, Susie Q, that's a quarter note beat. The original was a rockabilly song. I never really liked it much. Uh, didn't do much for me, but when I turned the beat to, into a quarter note beat right, uh, with, the, with the right hand instead of... Right, right, right. And then on the in, on the in-betweens, I, I played uh, eighth notes, so it's... One, two, three, four, one, and two, and three, and four. But but eighth notes and quarter notes, quarter notes. 
And that, that set it up as a, as a dance song in the nightclubs. And uh, uh, economic 101 in, in the bar business was you get a band, you get them in there playing up-tempo songs so the people are out there dancing and working up a sweat. And then uh, when uh, they do that, then they have to have beer to, to uh, cool off. That's right. Then when the beer is, beer is sold, the guy makes a profit. That's, that's, that's the bar business uh, economics. And so um, we used it on, on, on Suzy Q, and it t- turned it into a 10-minute song, and uh, which helped uh, the material. When you're in the, playing in the clubs, it was five sets a night. Oh, jeez. Uh, six, six nights a week. Oh. Same, so, same place, six nights a week? So you go there and set up for a whole week? Yeah, that's what we, we did most of the time. Then there were times when we would just go out for weekend gigs, and uh, we would drive drive to those, but uh, yeah, you know, we did it the old-fashioned way. You know, there were no computers or uh, anything like that, and uh, you know, we just you go out and you you, you play play five forty-five minute sets and uh, do it six nights a week, and you're gonna you're gonna either die or get real good (laughs) well yeah i mean that that is the truth like you either end up like the you know the beatles prove that with their hamburg thing turned them into like a super group and you become you can't become a better singer your muscle can get stronger and stronger as a drummer as well it's such a physical you know endeavor yeah i bet you were a strong dude back then huh well, I'll tell you what, you, you look at this uh, 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 documentary that's... Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you'll see what I did uh, to drive the band. I was, I was the driver, I was the machine. And then John would play uh, when he was singing, he was on mic, and then when he w- w- uh, went to, to play as a, a solo or whatever where he wasn't singing, he would turn his back to the audience and come over and I was on the floor next to his amp, kind of like Banky, you know, my his Banky. Yeah. And he would play, play to me. You'll see, that's how we did it the whole time we were together as a group, because that's how, how we started did it when we were 13. When we started, uh, we were an instrumental trio. And then Tom came in later as a vocalist and uh, got us into the studio. And that's how we, uh, Credence was born. That's so amazing that you guys were together for, I mean, what, what seems like to the public three years, but you were together, you know, 10 years before that, right? Or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 10 years before that. Yeah. Started when we were 13, had our first hit when we were 23. Wow. That's just amazing. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, it is amazing. Yeah. And I mean, uh, you you went on to work with Stu. It was funny because when I was looking at the dates of everything, clear, uh, the the revisited uh, band, you guys were together twenty five years. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and then all those years before that, I yeah. I met him the first day of school in the seventh grade, and uh, we were both buying rock and roll records, and that was our our common ground, and, uh, and then we became friends and. 
and uh, I ran into John in the in the music room, and he was playing piano with his back to me and to, and, and playing a, an upright piano. And he was playing Little Richard and Fats Domino, all all of which I had uh, in my record collection. So I knew the songs inside out and backwards, and uh, not how to play them, but how to listen to them and and and, uh, and and enjoy that. And so when he when he finished, I walked up to him and and uh, never been shy. And I said, hey, the, "You're playing original Fats, Little Richard, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. You know, I said. Uh, I have all those records. And he says, yes. And he said, I said, you want to start a band? And he said, well, actually, I play guitar. And I said, I mean, he says, I'm looking for a piano player. And I said, well, I've got the guy. His name is Stu Cook. His dad's a rich lawyer, and he has a piano that's in tune. Nice big rumpus room where we can practice. Now, I hadn't asked Stu if he wanted to do <laughs> I certainly hadn't asked his parents if we could go <laughs> down beat up on this beautiful piano, you know, but uh, that's just me, you know, it made sense to me. And so, so uh, Stu uh, came in as our, our piano player. So we were p- piano, uh, guitar, and drums, and the ba- the bass was Stu's left hand on the piano. Right. And then as we were playing instrumental songs, so... Uh, I, I found uh, and I listened to, to the radio to learn how to play a lot of the, the black stations uh, around the Bay Area were the real deal. And uh, uh, I spent most of my time listening to that. And uh, so uh, I, I would, could play a break that made sense musically because that's what I was listening to, uh, you know, the hits. The hits were hits because of the, uh, the way they were played and yeah. the way they were written. So uh, I get that, that helped me out. And then when we started singing, then I, I, I backed off of that because now I'm, I'm playing uh, where the, the lead vocal would be. So, But I also learned and, and kept, if, if, if I'm going to make a... a play a break that 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 note or notes has to have value value um, uh, above the note before it and the note after it so i i kept that part going you know i it didn't throw a a, a break in just because there was a spot a place for it or wasn't a place for it right. that was the other thing you know bless is best and and all that you even got that you you got that even at that young age because that's one of those things of a of the sign of a mature musician is to know when not to play. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's that's uh, if you listen to Credence, we're very economical. Oh yeah, very, very. As far as number of notes and 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 the relative uh, 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 relativity towards each other, uh, you know, you want to have a have something to announce the chorus that's your you know that's the money part of the song you know i don't mean that in, in actual dollars and cents unless you're right you're making records. and we weren't making records we were playing what was on the radio yeah at that time let me ask you a question because there's a there's there's so much wrapped up in uh 
the era of music that you are such a i mean look at all the platinum records behind you it's like a a sea of platinum records uh uh you 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 were (laughs) your band came out at a time of of uh underground like there was a a feeling of revolution among young people young people fighting against a war against uh against against racism you know a lot of stuff was happening in that time a lot of turmoil uh in 68 the year your 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 band you know came out to the world we 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 lost uh uh robert f kennedy and 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 uh and martin luther yeah. king you know to to assassinations there were protests uh, you you played Woodstock. Now, from like the late seventies on, any time a helicopter is entering Vietnam in a movie, it's either yeah, you guys or the Doors. Fortunate son. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or Riders on the Storm. It's like like as soon as those helicopters are coming in, it's like you guys are the Doors. Like, so you represent this this time and. Uh, and th- and thinking about everything that we've been through over the last just you know three years, you know what I mean? Yeah. What does what do those times compare to these times to you? To these times? Yeah. Well, uh, I, <laughs> I was twenty five years old. That's one thing. Well, I'm seventy seven. Uh, I I find that uh, you know. Uh, we we went in into AM radio when you know our peers were uh, were playing twenty minute jams most of the time noodling. Uh, we we'd come out with a two and a half minute single and and, and blow the lights out. Uh, you know uh, we 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 chose that route because that's the route we took. And we're playing the same style of music as we we did when we first started, uh, staying true to the, uh, the roots of rock and roll. And uh, so we weren't going to go and do what all, everybody else was doing because that wasn't what we do. Uh, we stayed uh, true to ourselves uh, and, uh, and and played singles. And, and, and we had a much, much bigger audience right. uh, in the yeah, record. So if you want to get your your message across about the war uh, or, or anything, but in this case the war, uh, get a get a, a hit single that's right. being listened to millions of people, not hundreds of people over here that are saying, uh, you know, fuck the pig and and all of that. Those people are already already in, you know, in the revolution. Yeah. We we were hitting the masses you know, the general public and, and with, with hit singles and, 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 and a, and a, and a strong message, I, you know, credit to John Fogarty on that. Yeah. Um, what was it like playing Woodstock for you? Like what, what was that day like? It was, it was a chaotic, uh, you know, get, just getting there was chaotic. Uh, we got, Flew across the country to, and uh, on a, on a, uh, we, we were doing a Andy Williams special, and they kept having problems. They had two unions working on on that show. That, that wasn't a good idea because 
unions uh, basically fight each other and they do things to make the other side look bad instead of doing the work. Right. right. Uh, they had problems, you know, all of our equipment worked, none of theirs worked. Uh, finally, you know, it got to the point we kept kept changing our flights, changing our flights. They said, "You better get it this this time, because we have a gig on the East Coast, and we do have to go this time." And of course, if you uh, listen to the to the uh, uh, you know the Sullivan's uh, rock and roll thing. Uh, Ed Sullivan's uh, rock and roll uh, acts and things like that. When you you see us doing the Andy Williams show, sure enough, in the middle of, of one of the songs that we were doing, and this was going to be the last one, and it was, there was a big blast of feedback, and it wasn't the guitar feedback. It, it was a, a electronical uh, oh, feedback by one one of the unions getting even with the other one <laughs> so john rolled his eyes we we said take it or leave it you know that's all that's the best we have thanks to uh your shenanigans so we have to go so if you want to use it that's up to you which they did uh, and uh so then we we go into this environment that ha- you, you can't drive a car because everybody that came uh and it was way more people than they expected right right uh, couldn't drive their cars there were too many cars so they just left their cars on the road and walked to woodstock and so you know we had done a lot of uh, <laughs> it, it, was, it was it was really wacky and it was there it was raining there summer yeah. rain the um, so uh, we were wondering how we're going to get our, our equipment in if we can't drive our truck up there. And uh, all of a sudden, our crew is gone. I, I never saw them. <laughs> you know, but they, they managed somehow. Uh, I think they just uh, beckoned the, uh, the assistance of people to carry a piece of equipment. Yeah. They, they, they brought it in for us. And then... Uh, you had the problem of rain, uh, microphones and, 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 and rain, not good. No. <laughs> and uh, everything was late. Uh, people were, uh, uh, were in, in free now. The fences were down. I mean, right. there was, they, they told us there's a, there's a half a million people there, and we just went, oh, we've seen 150,000 because that was the year of the pop festival. Right, so right. So we, we played a lot of those. So we had an idea what, what uh, you know, four or 500,000 people would look like. And we had a one-man, two-man helicopter, one passenger helicopter that was a way to get get you in and out. So <laughs> two passengers, and I was the passenger. John sat in the middle. The driver of the helicopter sat next to him. I'm sitting with my half a cheek uh, uh, on John's seat, 
and it was a uh, the dragonfly type helicopter Jesus. with the little bubble. Top. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and the door was flapping up against the the the, 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 the glass. So I'm holding onto the 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 door so it won't flop and flip and break. And I have my right foot on the skid of the helicopter, just sitting balancing on it. And then I had my left hand holding John's safety belt. And uh, in in we in we went, and uh, it was a time when the sun was just going down, and you know how colors are amplified and brighter uh, when the sun goes down. At that point, couldn't have been a better better entrance. And as we're we're coming in, we're the the, the chopper's flying low, and then he's, he he says, "Take a look," and he he comes up above a rise. And there is this, I call it the patchwork quilt of humanity. Wow. Uh, that's what it looked like. Yeah. And uh, uh, John and I looked at each other and went, holy shit. You yeah, know, I bet, this man. Is, <laughs> they didn't lie. No. What we, what, how's this, how, this going to work? You know? Yeah. No fences, which meant there's, <laughs> there was... Ten times more people than they thought or hoped for, so there was not any uh, any any food. There were, there was there wasn't potable water. There were toilets. Were and instead of freaking out and getting violent and, and, and fighting and whatnot, people played in the mud. Yeah, people shared shared what they they had with uh, what little they had brought with complete strangers right there was a, and this might sound corny but it was truly peace and love you could feel the uh, the positive energy the hair on my arms stood i could feel the hair is just tingling you know wow and i i i will say that if it would have been beer instead of weed that everybody was smoking there would have been violence there. yeah so let me know. ask I've, I've got a couple of questions like just logistical questions being being like a like not high and not like you know, fucked up on drugs, getting into that scene at Woodstock, like backstage was, was everybody just super out of their head or well, were there some people like had it together? Yeah. Yeah. There, 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 a lot of the bands were, you know, and that's, we had to follow the dead and, you know, they, <laughs> they were down to this day, <laughs> cringes. We came there to, to play. Uh, and play as as good a set as we could play. Right. Those guys couldn't even see. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And they went on for two hours instead of one. And by the, <laughs> we were the we were the headliner. Yeah. Of the of it, and uh, uh, all the uh, other uh, bands were waiting on the sidelines for one uh, one of them or. You know, uh, at that time, as I say, we were ranked number one in the world and uh, record sales and concert draw. So here we are ready to go, ready to play. And and we can't do it because the guys are going over and, you know, and then the rain would come. And so when we finally got on, it was one or two in the morning, uh, Sunday or or Monday, I can't, and I don't remember which, but there we were, you know, and uh, uh, we uh, we played our set, and and 
uh, woke people up and, and uh, <laughs> yeah. then we had to get out because we had a show the next night in, in New Jersey. And so we got a farm boy who had uh, had uh, snow tires on the back of his car because uh, there there was you know, mud? mud everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Regular tires wouldn't work, so he he had his thing down. <laughs> and I think it was a hundred dollar bill, and we we got in the car and we we held it in front of him and says, and that was a lot of money back. That's a lot of money back then. Yeah. But, uh, this is, uh, will be yours if you can get us out of here. <laughs> and he took us out over, you know, over these muddy little little paths and whatever, and got us out of there. And we made the gig the next night, which was uh, thirty five hundred, I think, people with the nitty gritty dirt band. Oh, cool. so we went from we went from Woodstock to the nitty gritty dirt band and thirty five hundred people. But we made we made we, it was work. We we did everything we could to get. To, it would have been easy to say, okay, our work's done. This you know, let's get fucked up or whatever. But we, we that's not how it worked. We well, work was. Oh, sorry, I I don't mean to interrupt you, but for those that are listening, your your those three years for you guys or whatever montage anyone's ever seen about a band when things start taking off and there's cameras flashing and they're getting on a plane and they're getting on a bus and they're getting on stage and they're going on TV, but like for three years straight, that's what you guys did. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. The work was work, and uh, we we did a lot of TV. We did Sullivan twice. That, and that was the biggest show in the world, television-wise. Yeah. yeah. That's why the Beatles played Sullivan and, and, and the Stones. Ed Sullivan was a very straight-laced guy, but he did a lot for rock and roll. You know, he was a friend oh, of yeah. the rock, rock and roll. He made a lot of a lot of. He made rock and roll okay for people to have in their house. Uh, if they had kids or not, you know, but if Ed says it's okay, it's, it's okay. And then, you know, and it got very popular that way, that yeah. kind of television exposure. I think it was a 30 million viewer. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so you, you, you play Sullivan, you've made it. That was the, that was the thing we did. We did it twice. So yeah, yes, we made it twice. Um, you guys were already banned when the Beatles were on there. But did that still yeah. kind of rock your world when they were on there? Did you guys go get different haircuts the next day or anything? Yeah, we, we as a matter of fact, we did. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, no kidding. We were thrilled when we saw the Beatles, and and we were at a point not then when it had been like five years, almost six years. We'd been together with, and 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 hadn't made it. And Stu and I were now were away at college. And uh, and so we uh, we weren't all in the same little little borough, so we could make a phone call and have a practice going. Right, right. And so it was it was a, a shaky time in terms of of uh, what was happening to the to the to the band. And when we saw the the Beatles on Sullivan and how great they were and that they had the same uh, instrumentation that yeah. we had and uh, they were playing rock and American rock and roll better than Americans were at that time. Right. And we said, well, these guys from Liverpool, England can make it. 
we can make it. And it was a big shot in the arm for us. And, and uh, it gave us gave us uh, real hope, you know, because yeah. they went on big and got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. I mean, and their their thing also, I mean, it's always hard to believe their their thing was only 10 years of, of, of putting out records, even less, eight years of putting out records. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same with you guys. Really? Like, you know, those three years, the Jesus, seven records, like, you know, huge, like life changing music, like record after record. You know what I mean? For people like, you know, your, your music isn't just, it, it is literally like the fabric of, of American lives. <laughs> yeah. It, That's it heavy, truly man. wasn't. And it still is. It still is. Uh, yeah. And you know, I, uh, as as I the years uh, go by, and as I say, I'm 77 years old. I've never. I've always just sort of. I've never been a the you know the a rock star or that, just that whole thing. It sounds like you know somebody that's somebody else because uh, we we didn't live the, the that lifestyle and. And uh, the, the the way we approached uh, the the music, you know, as 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 our as work, our that was our 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 destiny. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, now with the, this uh, documentary coming out, sh- sh- telling this the, the, a good part of the story, they kept the positives because there's a lot of negatives. Uh, yeah. Attacks attached to the band and they they did they did it right and uh, they, they you know it was the legacy of music that's that that's the real thing all that other stuff is is bullshit and uh but now i'm starting to look at it from a, a, a different a little different direction where you know I got to be the drummer in this band that is is world renowned and and has left a mark really on, yeah on, on people's lives. Yeah. We made people's uh, lives better. And, they, and people tell you that. And what a what a great gift that yeah. is. Yeah, you know, yeah, gift. And I, I'm kind of accepting now. That, you know, yeah, we we were like the Beatles, not not in the sense that we played their their style of music or whatever, but we were the guys in this band that was number one in the world that laid this trail of of, of correct. Stay true to the stay true to the the genre of of the music that they learned to play when they were thirteen years old. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm, I'm seeing that more and more. I guess I'm getting closer to, 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 to death. And I never used to think that way. I better be, be careful what I wish for. Well, no, uh, there's, there's, there's also, uh, I mean, you guys, yes, you guys were, there's also another aspect to it. That is uh, one thing I, I'm a musician as well. I have been since I was a kid. I was born in 1968, so we have different sort of touchstones of 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 uh, of things that happened. But my mom was into all of the music that was happening when you guys were happening, so that was I was always inundated with it. And one thing I can say that even from a very young age, I always knew when it was you guys. Now that 
having a voice like that, especially in the 60s when there were so many people trying to be the Beatles, where you have like Herman's Hermits. I, I can't tell the difference sometimes between Herman's Hermits and, and Paul Revere and the, and the Raiders. But I always know from it, usually the first three bars of a fucking Credence song that it's, it's you guys. Well, we stayed true to uh, uh, back in the early days of fantasy. Max Weiss was the owner. He kept telling us, you have to have a gimmick. You have to have a gimmick. And we said, well, how about a hit record? How about a hit? <laughs> and then he put us, and then he said, we got our gimmick all right, the Gollywogs. Yeah. He named us the Gollywogs. <laughs> And put us in even worse uniforms. <laughs> the worst. I the, the night after the the day after and night after we play a, a gig back then. I had a very stiff neck because I played with my head down. Play play this a couple hours with your head down. You're you're gonna have a stiff neck. And the Gollywogs gave me plenty of those. <laughs> It I bet, man. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah, but what an horrible. amazing thing to achieve that you guys had such a truly unique musical. But still to this to this day, you know, you just know that even the guitar, you don't even have to hear John's voice necessarily. You just have to hear the band playing and you're like, oh, yeah, I know who that is, you know? And look at this. What's that? I'm going to show you the valley wags. Okay, good. I got to see what you guys were wearing. Mm -hmm. Wait, with those things on your head? Yeah. <laughs> That's and great. We're all man. wearing the same, the same pants, same uh, vest, same shirt, and the Cossack wigs. Good Lord. That is hilarious. That's what gave me a, a headache. I could see that. <laughs> I could totally see that. Um, I want to, Doug, I, I, you're... I had never known much about your album Cosmo until I started researching this. And I've been listening to this record for the last few days. I love that album. Like from the first song, it is kicking, man. Wait, which which uh, uh, album is your, that? Your first solo album, Cosmo. I fucking oh, love wow. that record, dude. <laughs> I do. Dude, uh, Stu Cook, uh, that's one of his favorite records. I think I could have done a better job, but, uh, you know, it one, was, man. Uh, it's great. No, thank you. I, I've got one that uh, I did, uh, uh, in 80, in the middle eighties where I, I, th I actually think it's a, a good record. I'll have to send you Is that a copy magic of window? that. Magic window. Yeah. Yeah, man. I've been listening to that too. That's great. You did that with the guy from Greg Kinban. Uh, no, uh, no, I okay. did. I did that. I did that with uh, a guy named Chris Solberg from Santana, uh -huh. and, uh, and and Journey, and then a guy Russell DeShield, who was in a band, the Don Harrison Band. Stu and I were in in that band as producers, and so just the three of us did that album. It was. It's. I. I practiced, I. I spent a lot of times on the vocals on that. On the first. On the one. The the first one I didn't. And I'll tell you why. It was an experiment to see. There were there were no remote uh, recording trucks, 
in the Bay Area at that time. They had a couple in L.A. And so we, the Greens has broken up and, and Stu and I and Russ Gary, the engineer for uh, Green River Album On, uh, started a production company and we signed acts to it and to get capital to work on these projects we had a truck made and we would lease it out to people and uh, that gave us money to, to, to operate it. it looked great on paper but the problem was the guy that was building the truck took three times as long as he said it would take wow. and by the time it was done there were like three trucks <laughs> Uh, so uh, that meant we were dipping into our pockets, which was okay, and that's where, where the, the you know uh, the, the Whitlock thing came. Duck Dunn uh, uh, told me I was I told him that I was looking to start a band uh, and I need a singer, and he says I I got a guy for you, and he introduced me to Bobby, and I and I knew who he was, and and I and. Uh, that's how it got going and then duck left to join the blues brothers and uh so and then things were just weren't weren't uh going the way we had we had hoped in terms of getting a, a deal so into cosmos vault goes that the, the california gold and the california gold is an album i listened to uh, uh, like I'm listening to other guys playing it. First of all, I haven't heard it in a long time. All right, yeah, and, yeah. And, and but second of all, you know, it was uh, it, it didn't wasn't played like Credence. I played a lot of different drum th things, fills, grooves, uh, experimenting with the guys that I was playing these songs with. Bobby and I wrote all all the songs. Uh, together and uh, the same with the great Ken Steve Wright. We in that project we wrote all the songs 50-50. I mean that was I, where I got my songwriting chops. Uh, but the the, the uh, we wanted to see if we could use the Cosmos Factory in the rehearsal space for for for, for uh, recording acts that uh, we wanted to to produce Stu and I and uh, so I I, uh, I was still under contract with Fantasy so I said hey I'll 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 I'll, I'll get a I'll, I'll do an album uh, and. Uh, and, and they'll pay for it. A little revenge uh, on on the, the label, and that's uh, it was never meant to be a, a record that I was going to put out. Uh, so I didn't spend much time on the vocals. I just got got a bunch of guys that I wanted to play play with. Duck Don, uh, Stu played rhythm guitar. He always wanted to do that. Tower of Power horn section. Oh, that's you know, so all fuck yeah, dude! That's awesome. So that that's how that came together. I wasn't putting it together as a work of art. I was, it was an experiment to see what kind of sound we could get out of a, a remote truck as our control room and and use our old rehearsal space as the studio. Well, it's I love it, and maybe it is because you guys weren't trying to make a work of art. Sometimes that stuff just slips out, and it's really good, you know. And even those off the cuff vocals, maybe. Maybe that's, I don't know. I just, something about that record really resonated with me. Like I really, like just from the first song, I was like, yeah. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah, like this is cool. 
I, I really appreciate it. I will say you were talking about experimenting with different stuff when you did uh, California Gold. Your drumming on that record is is uh, is is a lot more expressive in the fills. Like there's more lyrical stuff yeah. you're saying as a drummer. Right, and, and the reason for that was the, the guys that I was playing with, uh, we 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 didn't do the two and a half minutes uh, uh, singles. We were doing six minute right. songs, so there was a lot of room uh, to to you know to add some add something a fill or a, or a, or a pa- pattern uh, on, on my uh, my my bass drum. Uh, play, play a pattern that was, you know, uh, cozying up with the with the with the bass, and when you have duck, that that's that's an easy thing to do, and uh, and then also Bobby did a lot of a lot of things with the with the organ. And, oh yeah, uh, and was, uh, that that allowed me to play things that I otherwise wouldn't be playing because it's a different lead instrument. And that's that's why I played I played not uh, the credence uh, uh, beats wouldn't have worked uh, on California Gold. Yeah, yeah. That uh, and also once again I will say whoever fucking recorded those drums is a genius because they sound amazing. I'm sure no, it has. Me. Yeah, well, you're yeah. a genius because you played them, you tuned them, and and recorded them. They they really do. They sound. They sound like drums. <laughs> that's that's what happens when you have a drummer as a producer. Yeah, <laughs> funny how that works. Yeah, they sound like the real drums. So, uh, what what Sir Douglas Quintet album did you do? Did you produce? Well, I, I did. I played on three. I produced two, uh, and Midnight Sun was a, a, an album that oh, we nice. did cut for for uh, uh, in Denmark. And we had a number one single off off that album uh, in, in Scandinavia because we had a song called "Meet Me in Stockholm, Baby." That's Doug Som, classic yeah. Doug Som, the most talented guy I've ever worked with, but the nuttiest. Yeah, uh, I've ever I knew him. I, I loved that guy. Yeah, and so then I did a song, "A Groover's Paradise," which is I love that one song. of the best. Yeah, thank you. Uh, that album is one of the best albums I've ever ever produced, uh, and and uh, I had to really work hard to keep him focused on what we were doing because Wait. he had a very short short attention span. Yeah, but he had all that this talent, and he uh, if I wasn't right and heard on him, it wouldn't have happened. But. Uh, that that's one of my favorite albums. That's and Stu's playing bass on it with me. I you know I threw that in there because he was available and and we were partners in that in that production company. Yeah, and it was a fun record, fun record. And then another one is uh, Daydreaming at Daydreaming at Midnight. Uh, I produced that in '93. Oh, cool. And. Uh, uh, so I, I've, I've I've played on three albums with with Doug, had a number one single in, in Sweden. Yeah, <laughs> with Doug. Uh, and uh, I toured, went out and toured a little bit with that one. Is and um, is that song Crossroads on Groover's Paradise? Yeah, that's my yeah. that's my favorite Doug Som song. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, that's a great one. One of my favorites. Yeah. 
I uh, I got to play that. I, I don't know if you know this guy, but there's a guy named Ian Moore that's from here. He's friends with Wayne and all those guys. Uh, but I, oh, yeah. I toured playing in his band like uh, 15 years ago or something. And that was one of the encore songs that we did every night. It was one of my favorite songs to play. Yeah, it, 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 it definitely. It's one of my favorites, too. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, man, uh, does Bobby Whitlock live here in Austin? Doesn't didn't he or did he or he did for a while and he lives now in a little teeny uh, uh, podunk town in Texas somewhere. Okay, uh, I could find him. Uh, oh no, that's I, all right. I uh, I just remember he a few years ago I, he was playing Saxon Pub and stuff here, and uh, I think I saw him a couple times. I mean, man, he is a hell of a singer on this record. Man, he's got. Oh. Well, yeah, I'll tell you why. Uh, well, I'll tell you one of the reasons why. Uh, I, I fronted the whole project, so I, I had a house uh, that was a rental house, so I put him in there and took really good care of him. And uh, But he was smoking cigarettes, and I said, man, you gotta, you got to quit smoking cigarettes. Uh, it's, it's not the best thing you can do to your voice. In fact, you know, yeah. I I hear it, uh, you know, yeah. and so I got him to quit smoking cigarettes. And then I said, you know, now that you're, you're you, you've quit smoking cigarettes, now you can run with me now because I, I run or ran uh, every day. And then I also lifted weights and I, I, I didn't force the weights on him. I, it was that it was more than I can ask. I get the guy to quit smoking cigarettes and to run every day. Boy. I'm going to have a, a I'm going to have a good singing cowboy. Yeah, and that's what I did. And, and you you can you can hear it. And, oh, yeah. and when when you have that at your command, and 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 you know, and, and it's new to you, and you've been a singer for a professional singer for a long time. Uh, it's really special. So we really got him into into the songs. Uh, and, uh, you know, they were our songs too. So that, that, uh, that also helps as well, yeah. you know? So yeah, that's, a, that's a, a good little record there in, in, in my vault. Yeah. <laughs> Out of Cosmos vault, California gold is available now featuring Bobby Whitlock from Derek and the dominoes. You can go to dougcosmoclifford.com to find out all the things but also just go to the streaming services before we go let me ask you do you use these streaming services like do you listen to music on spotify or apple music how do you listen to music now uh not not too much uh, now now that we've got a a, a record that's going to be streamed uh, I'll, I'll be doing more listening that way but most of the time when i when i'm listening i'm playing uh, along with CDs, right? Uh, I practice. I, I I try to get drumming in. I have uh, Parkinson's, so that's oh. uh, one one of the things that's uh, t- kind of taking me off the the touring uh, uh, bus. But uh, uh, I can uh, I, I can still play. But it's not, you know, it's not the way I'd, I'd like it to be. I understand that. But, uh, uh, but at, at the same time, I, I would, wouldn't would not do it and just say, oh, I have Parkinson's, so I can't do it. Right. No, I, 
I get it done. You know what? You know, uh, yeah, that's inspiring to hear. I have an aunt that has Parkinson's, and she was diagnosed uh, for like four, maybe five years ago, I think. Um, but yeah, she does a lot to to try and stay on the good side of it. Yeah, I, I don't have the, my hands don't shake. Uh, you know, right, right now, you know, right now, there are times when they do. But what I've what what I uh, find uh, uh, bothers me the most is my balance. Oh, I've yeah. always had great balance, and uh, uh, and uh, man, it's. I, I've got to really watch my steps so I don't take a dive. Yeah, and uh, uh, that 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 bothers me in uh, in the sense that I could hurt myself. Yeah, and uh, I, I have to really I have to really watch out for that. But I do. That's what I do. You know. You know. I, I, I'm not complaining because you know how many people have had the life that I've had. Yeah, you know, my my dream came true on, yeah. on 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 the rock and roll side, and then it came true again with Stewie and I. Twenty five years. Yeah, that's another career, and I've been with married to my wife for uh, 50, 54 years. Wow. And, yeah, and and together sixty, we were high school sweethearts. So I I I have you know. So I have uh, Parkinson's. So what? It's a good way to look at it. That is a good way to look at it. Well, man, this record's great. Thank you for digging in your vault and pulling out more stuff. It is uh, you. You're uh, getting into your solo stuff between California Gold and Magic Window and Cosmo. I am just blown away by your level of creativity. You are way more than just the drummer of one of the greatest bands in American history uh, and even the world, but you were also just a master creator. And I'm, I'm really blown away and really honored that I got to talk to you. Oh, well, I, you know, the, like I say, the pleasure is mine. How, how neat it is to, and you know, this, you know, it's hard to make a living in the music business yep. and no, no matter what side of it you're on or what you're doing in it, it's a it's a tough one, and it's also one that millions of people want. Yeah. You know why wouldn't you? You know, yeah. especially you know you you love music and and uh, yeah. So I'm I'm I've been very very fortunate in uh, in uh, life and uh, and uh, doing doing things creating. I mean. Yeah, I don't know what I would do if I couldn't do it. Yeah, <laughs> that to me, yeah, I don't know what I would do. That's the that's uh, the blessing I, and the curse we all have. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I'm honored. I'm honored to have gotten to talk to you. People can find you at dougcosmoclifford.com. Check out California Gold and all the music, and um, I look forward to whatever else you you pull out of that vault. Well, there's more in there. Well, good, man. <laughs> but I can only do one at a time. You know, I've got to, here's the thing. And I, and I, and I tell people, you know, the guy says, I have a dream. And I said, yeah, what is it? Well, I, I want to be a rock star. Okay. Do you play an instrument? No, but you know, I mean, oh, okay. 
uh, <laughs> you, uh, there, there's a start for you, you know. But dreams are are, are, are great, but they're, they're meaningless if there's no passion um, driving it. They're meaningless if you don't do everything you can to make it happen. That's why I'm doing this. Um, I'm trying to promote this to, to ultimately get air, air, airplay and, uh, and then you keep hitting radio and, and streams and all the things that are that are out there now at, at, at your disposal to get airplay and and that's how I mean, music is made to be heard yeah and uh, i've got this 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 record that needs to be heard because it's the kind of rock and roll that is very uplifting yeah and Right now, man, we we that's what we need in the in the world. That's right. And this is a pedigree bunch of guys. I'm fortunate enough to to have uh, um, to work with on it, and that I was able to work with on it from all sides, from from writing to production and uh, everything. And so it's a. Uh, it, it, it means a lot. You, you said it. I'm not. I, I, nobody knows this, but you and me. But I, I, you know, I'm more than just a drummer in yeah. the room. Yeah, exactly and, uh, right. And, uh, most and, drummers and, are. Uh, you know, most pardon? drummers. Most drummers are more than just the more than what people see from the outside of them. Yeah. 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 And it's. Uh, uh, you got. You have to. You have to do, do everything you can to make that, that that dream come come true. And this this is another dream, and I believe in dreams, but I I, I know this about dreams. Dreams dreams aren't going to going to manifest themselves in, in, in your dreams. What if you're sitting on the couch thinking about right. an <laughs> instrument? Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right, man. Well, um, again, thank you so much. When does this live at Albert Hall thing come out? Uh, it's coming out uh, on the 16th. Of September? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay, well, man, I will look out for that. And thank you so much again for doing the show. Real pleasure getting to talk to you. And um, Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah, thanks again for all the music, Doug. Pleasure's pleasure mine. Take care, buddy. Peace and love. You too, man. Gang, that was Doug Cosmo Clifford. Check out that record, California Gold. Doug Cosmo Clifford featuring Bobby Whitlock. Fantastic record. You're hearing the song Get Down Fever. That's the one that you heard right there. You'll hear the rest of it in just a minute. Go to DougCosmoClifford.com. I want to thank him for sending me that 1972 record, uh, Cosmo. What a sweet man. Sweet, lovely legend. Legends of rock. Really an honor to have him on the show. I want to thank my friend Wendy for setting that up. She's a really lovely lady. Set me up with a lot of great combos this year. And uh, I'm sure we'll be doing more stuff in the future. Go to DougCosmoClifford.com for all of your Doug Cosmo Clifford needs. And gang, don't forget when you're out there, when you're out there, Looking up DougCosmoClifford.com. Don't forget that you can subscribe to this podcast wherever it is you find podcasts, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Cast, TuneIn, Overcast. They're doing three shows this week. Three shows. Oh, and Wednesday, big show. 
Gomer Lust movies, Sheila playing at uh, ACL Weekend 2. They'll be on the show on Wednesday talking all about that and all about their music and their journeys as musicians. And uh, Wes Denzel, a rapper uh, from right here in Austin, Texas, will be on the show Friday. Okay, three shows this week. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Thank you, Doug, for doing the show. Have a great week. Enjoy yourself if you're visiting from anywhere else outside of Austin. Let's get down. Free. Yeah.